Hi everybody, it's it's me, Brie, and uh, it's just me today. We've had some scheduling conflicts, so there might be a couple of episodes over the next few weeks that is just one or the other of us. I think one that was just Adrian may have already come out. Basically, we're just really busy, and our schedules are kind of opposite from each other. So we're going to do everything we can to keep on bringing you content. And even if we cannot record together, we are going to make sure that you get your stories. So today I am going to be talking about Chiron Horman. Now, if you haven't heard this story, it is a very, very sad story. Unfortunately, most of the outcomes I don't think are good, but... I'll let you decide that yourself. Let's begin. June 4th of 2010, Skyline Elementary School in Portland, Oregon was having a science fair. And seven-year-old Chiron was a student there. And that morning, his stepmother, Terry Moulton, took him to school and helped him set up for the science fair. Shortly before Chiron's birth in 2002, his biological parents, Desiree Davidson, and Kane Horman had gotten divorced. So really, they were divorced before he was even born. He never knew them as a couple together, so it wasn't probably anything unfamiliar to him. At first, they had shared custody of their son. However, uh, Desiree ran into some medical problems, and so Kane took over full custody so that Desiree could work on her health and trying to get better, but Desiree still was as involved as possible in Chiron's life, and she still was around and, you know, loved him very much. In 2007, Kane married Terry Moulton. He had started dating her shortly after his divorce with Desiree, and the two of them welcomed a daughter in 2008, so Chiron got a little half-sister, um, and Desiree also got remarried to a man named Tony Young. So there's two, he has two complete sets of parents, and he lives full-time with his dad and his stepmom, Terry. On the morning of the science fair, Terry helped him set up and took a photo of Chiron with his project. Um, I've seen the picture. Well, I'll try to put it up on social media. It's really cute. He has, like, this whole project set up on tree frogs, and he is smiling, and he looks really happy. He has on some glasses, and he's wearing a CSI shirt. He liked crime scene investigation, which is obviously something I can be on board with. She, After she helped him with the science fair, she left the school around 8.45. She said that she saw Chiron heading to his class. She left to go run some errands. Her daughter, Kira, was having some ear issues, and she needed to get her medicine. So Terry proceeded to go to several different stores. The first one was apparently out of the medicine, so she had to go to another store to find the medicine she wanted. Once she finds the medicine, she then apparently drove around on some rural roads for a while to try to get her daughter to sleep after she had given her the medicine. And then around 9 a.m., apparently another student also did see Chiron in the school. Chiron is apparently in the school around 9 a.m. His stepmother has left to go run errands and apparently drive on some rural roads. 11.39, 
Terry checks into the gym and works out for a little while. And then she ends up home, supposedly, around 12.20. At 1.21, she uploads the pictures from the science fair to Facebook, showing off Chiron looking delighted over his project. Kane and Terry both walked to the bus stop that afternoon around 3.30 to meet Chiron as he was getting off the bus. But he didn't get off the bus. So they rushed to the school, and they learned that he was marked absent for the day. He hadn't attended any of his classes. And so once they got to the school and realized this, at about 3.45, they called 911 and report Chiron missing. And so one of the main questions and first questions that I obviously had is, well, wouldn't the school have called? Like, my son's school always calls me if he is missing and I forget to call and excuse him. But they didn't call because they were under the impression that he had been taken to a doctor's appointment. Now, there is a lot of confusion over this because, you know, different websites say different things, different sources have different things, but supposedly Terry claims that she had told them the doctor's appointment was for the following Friday, which is June 11th, but that doesn't really make sense because school would have been out for the summer, and so they wouldn't have needed to know if he had a doctor's appointment on June 11th because he wouldn't have been at school anyway. And so the school thought he was at a doctor's appointment. And so they weren't, you know, worried when he was absent from his classes because they thought he was with Terry. The school thought he was with Terry. Terry left him at school and now he is, he's missing. So a large scale search begins and they search the school and the whole area around it. They search, you know, the homes of the families, checking anywhere he could be. And at no point in any of this do they find any signs of Chiron. So later that month, you know, they still have no signs of Chiron. And Kane, you know, after learning some things about Terry, he files for divorce and gets a restraining order. He takes their daughter and gets a restraining order um, against Terry so that she can't come near him anymore. Now, Desiree, who is Chiron's mother, still does everything she can to keep this case in the spotlight, hoping that even now, 12 years later, that eventually they will get closure on what happened to Chiron. So this case is obviously really upsetting because, you know, he was seven years old and he's just just missing because of supposedly confusion that his stepmother told. So now we will go ahead and dive into some theories. Now, one theory is that he wandered off. The school is close to a foresty type area, and some people think that perhaps he went to go and explore, and during these explorations, he got lost and he couldn't get back to the school. Though this does not explain why he wasn't ever found. You know, they did the really thorough search of this area, and so if he had just like you know, gotten lost, or if he had fallen and hurt himself, you really would think, you know, that it would, you think that he would have been found. I mean, you know, it's Portland, so it's not, you know, necessarily warm, but in the summer, it wouldn't have been overly hot either. So he would have been able to, you know, stay alive for a few hours until the people came searching. And, you know, you'd think he would have been making sounds and all of this stuff. So I personally think 
that the likelihood of him being just out in the woods um, and getting lost is pretty low. I feel like something else has to be going on here. Um, I do not think that it is possible that he just wandered into the woods. We'll get into a much more common theory. And that theory is that Terry had something to do with it. So we already know that Chiron's Chiron's dad divorced Terry shortly after. So we know, you know, obviously, even before this, their marriage was probably not great. We know that she she's failed two polygraph tests when she was given questions about that day. As she was questioned about that day, she took two different polygraph tests and she failed both of them. So that's a little bit weird. I mean, of course, she could just be having anxiety or something like that. But failing multiple polygraph tests is kind of a little bit iffy, but it can't really be used in court or as proof. That's just knowledge we have without really being able to do a whole lot with it. There are rumors that she blamed Chiron for the fact that her marriage had been struggling. However, there are other reports that the root of the problems in their marriage actually started when Terry had their daughter and she was going through postpartum depression. And so some people say that the postpartum depression is really what had been causing a strain on their marriage. Maybe she blamed Chiron, but I don't think, obviously, that he had anything to do with it. So that could be her reasoning as to why she wanted Chiron out of the picture. Maybe it was a last desperate act to try and save her marriage. So a lot of people think that that is the reasoning behind why she would want Chiron gone and why she was conveniently the last person to see him. Her alibi does seem to have a lot of room for other things to be happening since, you know, she drove along these rural roads, which I admit, it's a common thing to do when you're trying to get a child to sleep, which is like, driving around, trying to soothe them, especially if they're sick. You know, she was probably tired. She just wanted her daughter to sleep. But it is also really convenient that you can't account for exactly where she was during this time. So during the point in time in between, you know, 9 a.m. when a student last saw him, you know, she has this whole period in time. Yeah, she went to some stores, but then she's also not seen until you know, the gym until 11.39. She left the school at 8.45, goes to some stores, and yeah, she does have receipts, and she's on video cameras at these stores, so she did go, but then we don't really know where she was until 11.39, just driving on rural roads. So we don't know if she could have had Chiron with her at this point, if he was in the car, or what possibly could have happened. Now, Another person that is frequently talked about in connection to this case, and I apologize if I say this name wrong, Dee Dee Spitcher is who Terry went to stay with for the while after the restraining order had come in. So she couldn't go home because she had a restraining order. So she went to stay with Dee Dee. Now, when Dee Dee was questioned about the day of Chiron's disappearance, she informed the police that she had been at home gardening the whole morning. Now, even though she says she was home gardening the whole morning. The owner of the home she lived in claims that she left abruptly at about 1130 and didn't return until about one. 
and that she had been unreachable during that time. So, I mean, this is 2010. She would have had, like, a basic cell phone or something, but apparently she was not answering, and um, the owner of the home couldn't contact her. There have also been some reports of witnesses who saw Terry's truck that day, and they claimed that there were two adult women in the vehicle. Now, I don't really know. This is really confusing because there was only a couple of minutes in between when she left, if she left at 1130, and when, and when Terry went to the gym. So I don't know if in those few minutes there was some sort of exchange um, and then Dee Dee had something to do with it while Terry went to the gym to, you know, improve both their alibis if they split the time or what. And if they did have Chiron, I don't know. I mean, obviously we don't know if something happened to him and he was no longer with us or they had him alive and they sent him off somewhere else. It's really, really unclear and no one can really know. So to this day, there have been no signs of him. His mother just recently, on the 12th anniversary of him going missing, you know, stood outside the courthouse with signs and she's really doing everything she can to keep this in public light because she fears that if it falls out of light and no one's looking, well then once again, no one's looking and no one's going to be paying attention. That is the story of Chiron Horman. He went to school and was never seen from again. So we don't know if he wandered off. Oh, actually, I forgot. Sorry, there is one more theory. There is one more theory I read about. Okay, so he was at school at the science fair. There were a lot of other people around. Because it was the science fair, there were parents, probably siblings, just a bunch of family. But that also means that anyone probably could have come into the school that morning and not be noticed. So there is a theory that somebody went to the school on this morning of the science fair and that, you know, once they saw that Chiron's parent had left, they took this opportunity to go and do something to Chiron. This one does seem a little convenient to me just because it's a little weird that he had been reported, you know, absent and going to the doctor, and so for someone to just randomly happen to take him, it's a little unlikely, but it is a possibility that someone happened to take advantage, and it was really just one of those situations where all of the cards happened to fall in place at once to make it the worst-case scenario. So really, there were so many people around that day, it's really hard to determine or say what could have happened to him. You know, no one really knows, but we would love for this story to get some attention and we would love for this story to be solved. So please, 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 if anyone, you know, knows anything about the day that Chiron went missing or knows what could have happened, contact the Multnomah Police Department, um, Multnomah County. They are the ones handling this case, I believe. I mentioned them several times in several articles, so I believe they are. But go ahead and, you know, make sure if you know anything to get that information out there and to always keep your eye out whenever you're out. You know, it's always good to be familiar 
with lists of missing people. There is an age-progressed picture of what he might look like today. He would be, I mean, this was 12 years ago when he was seven, so he would be about 19 at this current time if he is still alive. And Chiron, if you are out there and you are listening to this, please contact your family and let somebody know because they love you and they are looking for you. And with that, if anyone has any requests or listener stories to send in, you can do that to crimetheoriespodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that stuff. And as always, everyone, keep fucking going. So spooky season is here. And that means that, you know what, you guys need to get on Hunt a Killer. It is a great way as temperatures are theoretically going to start cooling down to spend a little more time inside. Yeah, for sure. Well, what great way to, uh, you know, start up the spooky season by finding out your own little mystery. Um, It's mystery box that comes to you monthly and hunt a killer is just a great way uh, to help pass the time and get into that spooky season. So guys um, use code theories and you guys can get 20% off um, any of your mystery boxes. I'll go ahead and link it down below. So check it out. That's hunt a killer.